0: The light display is just so magical and it's so over the top. Uh, the National Zoo is by no means the biggest zoo in America. It's really a small neighborhood zoo in many ways, but the light display just takes things to like 110%.
1: Welcome to the Trip Hacks DC podcast. Discover the best tips, tricks and travel hacks for your visit to the nation's capital. And now, here's Rob and this episode's special guest. Hello and thank you for tuning in to episode 4 of the Trip Hacks DC podcast. If you want to check out other podcast episodes or see the show notes from this episode, you can do that over at triphacksdc.com/podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Trip Hacks DC Tours. TripHacks DC has tours every month of the year, and if you're listening to this in December, then you can check out the Monumental Christmas Tour, which is backed by popular demand. You can learn more over at TripHacksDC.com/slash tours. Today I am joined by Rebecca Grawl, and we are going to be talking about all things holidays in Washington, DC. Rebecca is a native Texan who has lived in the DC region for a decade. She has 15 years of experience in tourism, museum education, and public history. Rebecca is also a fellow tour guide, and when she is not leading tours, she serves on the board of directors for the National Women's Party at the Belmont Paul National Women's Equality Monument, and enjoys cheering on the Washington Nationals just like me. So Rebecca, welcome to the podcast.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: So I'm really excited about today's podcast because this is going to be all things holidays, and it's just the right time of the year for that.
0: I'm a total nerd for Christmas, so this is a great topic.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and so if you're watching the video podcast on YouTube, you'll see that we're both dressed up in our festive holiday attire. Uh, And if you are listening on the audio podcast, you can check out the TripHacks DC podcast YouTube channel to see the video clips from today's episode. So let's dive in. Uh, We won't, won't waste any time getting into things to do in Washington, D.C. for the holidays. It's a great time to come to Washington, D.C. It's personally one of my favorite times of year to be here.
0: I would agree. Uh, I think that a lot of people think of DC as a summer destination, families out of school, but December is wonderful. The holidays are a great time to be here. There's a lot to do, a lot to see. So much of it is free or very low cost. And it's great weather. Typically in December, it's cool, but not freezing. And we don't. We don't usually have major snow events, so it's a really nice time to come. It's busy in the city, but it's not as crowded as peak season. So if you're looking to come at a different time of year, December is my favorite.
1: Yeah, and not only is it less crowded, but there's all kinds of special stuff happening for the holidays, which is exactly what we're going to tell you about in this episode. So let's start with some of the stuff that everybody, especially if this is their first time coming to D.C. during the holidays, is going to want to see. So the National Christmas Tree, I think, is the one that comes to mind. This is the one that's near the White House.
0: Yes, so the National Christmas Tree is located on the ellipse on the south side of the White House. You can see it from the National Mall uh, as you're walking by. Uh, This is definitely the number one. If you only do one holiday thing in D.C., it's come and see the National Christmas Tree. And I think there's a bit of a misconception. People think of it as just one tree and they don't realize how beautiful the entire pageant of peace, the surrounding park that they set up. There's trees for all 50 states and the American territories plus the District of Columbia. And each individual tree is decorated with ornaments made by that state or that territory or the district. So um, not only do you see the beautiful big tree, but you get to see trees from all around the country, and it's just a wonderful experience. There's music uh, and events every night, and it's totally free.
1: So the National Christmas Tree, for those who don't know, is a permanent tree. It's planted in the ground. You can actually see it year-round. I do point it out to people who come on my tours sometimes during the summer. Um, but it is not a native tree to the area. So it's a spruce tree. It's a few years old because the tree that was planted before it actually fell down during a windstorm. And so they replanted it. And this is the one that now they decorate every year around Christmas. But it's actually there year-round if you want to see it.
0: It is a living tree, which I think surprises people when they see it in the middle of the year.
1: (laughs) And when they decorate it, what they're actually doing, at least as far as I can tell, is they're putting, I guess I would say, a big net above the tree. So it's not like they're walking up and hanging ornaments on the branches like you do on your own Christmas tree.
0: There's actually a frame that they put over and then all the decor that we see is hung onto the frame itself. My understanding is that the tree couldn't support the weight of the massive display. And so they just sort of frame it. And then decorate it.
1: And in some ways, it's kind of funny because when you see the National Christmas tree, you're actually just seeing the frame that's around (laughs) it, and you can barely even see the actual tree that's underneath. So like you said, this is located on the Ellipse, which is the park that's right to the south of the White House. And so this is not to be confused with the White House Christmas tree, which is the official tree inside the White House. This is the National Christmas tree. So the, the names can get a little confusing, but this is the one that we're talking about. And this tree has a lighting ceremony typically at the end of November, where the first family will come out and there'll be a little play in production and then they'll press a button and on it goes.
0: If you want to have the experience of pressing the button to turn on the national Christmas tree, you can visit the White House Visitor Center on Pennsylvania Avenue. It's actually uh, right at 15th and Pennsylvania as part of the Department of Commerce building. But if you go into the White House Visitor Center, which is free and open seven days a week, they actually have what was the switch uh, used until very recently. And you can flip the switch yourself and have that experience. So that's always fun.
1: I didn't even realize that there was a switch. I assumed it was like, you know, when they implode a building, they have the the, <laughs> the fake switch. P- the plunger. Yeah. And then the real thing is just, you know, somebody behind the scenes pressing the, the button. But that's really cool and, and good to know. The White House Visitor Center is something that I think a lot of people overlook because, you know, it's just not really obvious that it's there. Um, and it's kind of across the street and not the easiest to find.
0: It's a great stop in and I know we're going to talk about shopping in a little bit but if you want to buy White House ornaments the official White House ornament you can buy it at the White House Visitor Center. They also have a lot of really great DC and White House themed gifts so it's kind of my go-to for holiday shopping for my friends and family who love the official White House stuff.
1: Yeah and the official ornament is different than your standard gift store ornaments so we'll talk about that in a little bit but let's go a few miles down the street to the Capitol the legislative branch of our government. And there you will find the Capital Christmas tree. And this one is different because it is not a permanent tree. This is the one that, just like the tree in your own living room, somebody has chopped down a tree and brought it to Washington, D.C., and they've decorated it, and you can go see it.
0: Unlike the one in your living room, though, this is going to be pretty massive. The trees typically top out somewhere at like 80, 90 feet. They're massive trees. They're set up on the west side of the Capitol, which is the side that the inauguration has taken place uh, on since President Ronald Reagan. So it's the side I think that's most iconic to people. It's what you see every four years when the president takes the oath. It's also on a great hill. So when it snows and if it snows in December, that's where everybody in uh, D.C., certainly everybody on Capitol Hill comes out and sleds right by the National Christmas Tree. So if we're lucky enough to get December snow, that's kind of a great D.C. tradition.
1: Yeah, and the National Christmas Tree is huge, like you said. Sorry, the Capital Christmas Tree is huge, like you said. They actually rotate the state where the tree comes from. We
0: can't show favoritism.
1: Of course. And this year's tree is from the Willamette National Forest in Oregon. So it had to travel quite a ways to get all the way to Washington, D.C., and they actually have a road show, I guess you could say, and if you go on the Capital Christmas Tree official website, you can learn about where it's stopping, and if you happen to live along the route, maybe check it out before it gets here. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So what are some other Christmas trees that you like? I know I have a video about things to do around Christmas, and on my Christmas tour, I often stop at the Canadian Embassy to see the Christmas tree there. I say it's one of the more classy-looking uh, trees in the city. Um, but what are some of your personal favorites as well?
0: I think one of my favorites is uh, any of the trees in the United States National Botanical Garden. So the Botanical Garden is near the Capitol. It's a very easy stopover if you're already on Capitol Hill. But they always have beautiful trees inside the Botanical gardens, but they also do a series of holiday displays. So this year's theme is trains. So all of the displays will be uh, floral recreations of famous train stations from all around the United States. In addition to that, they usually do uh, a White House, a Capitol building, and then they have a beautiful decorated tree right in the atrium as you walk in. So uh, I am not a flower person. I'm a history person. uh, So I can't tell you what sort of species of flower. fauna they're using or flora I guess see but uh it's one of my favorite places to visit and I actually learned today uh on Twitter one of our followers was sort of tweeting in on the topic and said that she likes to go on Christmas day because it is open Christmas day and it's just really quiet and serene uh, on the holiday
1: so the name of the programming is called Season's Greetings at the U.S. Botanic Garden, and I do go every year. I think it's really one of the cooler things that you can see in the city. Last year's theme was roadside attractions.
0: Which was awesome.
1: I that I think of all the ones I've seen, that was my personal favorite. Trains is really cool, too. I know plenty of train enthusiasts who are going to be really excited about going to see it this year. Um, and the U.S. Botanic Garden is one of the only places that's open on Christmas Day. So if you happen to be in D.C. around the holidays, if you come pretty much any month or any day in December, you can see all the attractions. Everything's going to be open, except if you come on Christmas. And I always tell people the Smithsonian Museums are open 364 days a year, except Christmas. So uh, let's talk a little bit about what happens on Christmas Day, because if you happen to be here then, you don't want to you know, be stuck in your hotel room feeling like there's nothing to do.
0: So Christmas Day in D.C., it's good to have a plan because so much is closed. Any of the federal buildings, for the most part, are closed. The Smithsonian's are closed. Most restaurants will be closed, although more and more restaurants are opening later in the day and in the evening. So reservations are really important if you're thinking about dining out on Christmas Day because um, there are going to be less tables, less places open, so the demand is much higher. That said, you can always visit the National Mall. You can always go out and visit. Uh, the National Christmas Tree is still a little illuminated on christmas day uh the botanic gardens which we mentioned and then one of my favorite sites mount vernon mount vernon is open on christmas day and it's one of my favorite places to go in the holiday season
1: yeah so all the outdoor things to do you can do although you may have to do a self-guided tour i know christmas day is usually one of the few days i actually give myself a day off i don't know about you
0: we actually um we actually lead tours on Christmas Day. <laughs>
1: so there you go. So be- Rebecca will be out there uh, if you happen to be here Not on myself, <laughs>
0: but I, there are guides out there.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and Mount Vernon, of course, it's not uh, right downtown, but um, you know, on Christmas there's not going to be a lot of traffic. So if you have a rental car or your own car, you can get out there pretty easily and check out the festive um, things that they have going on over at Mount Vernon. So let's talk quickly about zoo lights, one of, if not the most popular thing to do in D.C., around the holidays. So Zoo Lights is the light display that they have at the National Zoo.
0: So Zoo Lights is, I think, as you said, the most popular thing to do in the city. There's no way I can pretend this is some sort of hidden, off-the-beaten-path Uh, Activity. This is something that locals and tourists alike love. Everybody goes to Zoo Lights every year, uh, but it's well worth the trip. So the National Zoo is free and open uh, to the public, but for Zoo Lights, what they do is they string up holiday lights throughout the entire zoo. It becomes a winter wonderland. They set up a 150-feet snow slide with artificial snow that you can go down. You can ride the carousel. You can see gingerbread displays. There's themed uh, drinks and food uh, available for purchase throughout the zoo uh they pipe in holiday music it is like a winter wonderland it's so much fun and i think it's great whether you're traveling with a family whether you're looking for a date night whether you just want to get out on your own and and get into the winter spirit it's my favorite one of my favorite things
1: so what's really cool about zoo lights is that the national zoo closes during most of the year before dark so you don't usually get to see the zoo after dark. And this is one of the few times that you can be in the zoo in the evening. And in December, it does get dark in Washington, D.C., about 5 o'clock, if not earlier. So it's not like I'm talking about being out here at 9 or 10 at night. This is very early in the evening. But it's really cool to be out there after dark and see the zoo. And the lights, I mean, the first time I went, I thought, oh, how, how good could this possibly be? But no, it was, it was amazing. It's definitely legit.
0: Yeah, I think that um, people don't realize that there's a lot to be had to go to the zoo at night, a lot of fun to be had. We think like all oh, the animals are asleep, but you get to see the nocturnal animals uh, a little bit more at play, which is interesting. Uh, they do s- some feedings and events to make the zoo a little more interactive. But I, there's no way to sell it if you haven't seen it. The light display is just so magical and it's so over the top. Uh, the National Zoo is by no means the biggest zoo in America. It's really a small neighborhood zoo in many ways, but the light display just takes things to like 110%.
1: I totally agree, and um, there's really no trip hack for zoo lights, I think. This is one that you're just going to go, and it's going to be crowded. I think that's the most important thing to appreciate is that when you go, it's going to be crowded, so don't think that you're going to be able to beat the crowds by going early in the evening or, you know, the day after Thanksgiving or the first day that it's open or anything like that. Um, It's worth going, but just expect there to be some of the crowds.
0: My only hack, as it were, would be weeknights tend to be not as crowded, especially uh, before the Christmas holiday so if you're here in December, before the week of Christmas, the weeknights are not as bad. Um, the other thing is definitely take the Metro or Uber or Lyft. There is parking at the zoo. You have to pay to park. It's very, very limited. And for zoo lights, don't even try. It is well worth getting an Uber or Lyft or using the Metro um, because the parking is such a disaster during the zoo lights time.
1: Agree with that a thousand percent. (laughs) So let's move to some less touristy things to do around the holidays. So the first one that we had talked about earlier is Georgetown Glow.
0: I love Georgetown Glow. This is a newer tradition. They're in their fifth year this year, um, but it's a part of Georgetown Main Street. They've sponsored international and national artists to come into Georgetown and put in massive light displays. So we're talking about the oldest part of Washington, D.C. This is a part of the city that predates the establishment of our nation's capital. And then we have these really stellar 21st century, uh, very contemporary light displays. It's such a cool marriage of history and art. Uh, and it's it's incredible. And it's very immersive.
1: So, can you explain a little bit more about what someone might expect, like with these glowing lights?
0: So imagine walking down the canal, for example, the CNO Canal, which dates to the early part of the 19th century. That was in use from the 1850s uh, into the 1920s. And you're walking down this historic canal, and you are just surrounded, absolutely on every side, by light displays that are changing and moving and morphing as people are coming and going. It's a really magical experience.
1: And you said this is the fifth year.
0: The fifth year. So this is
1: a relatively new experience. So if you came here 10 years ago and you went to Georgetown around the holidays, maybe you went there to shop or something but you didn't see this so if you've been here before definitely go and check it out
0: Um, one thing I like to mention too is that Typically, the light displays are set up sort of off of M Street, off of Wisconsin, so it's not in the main shopping drag. So you're going to see a part of Georgetown that you wouldn't see if you were just coming to do a little Christmas shopping or just kind of strolling along the main avenue. So it pulls people, uh, I think, off the beaten path in Georgetown a little more. Uh, they have a lot of associated activities, too. So if you're going to be in town, check their calendar, check their website. They're going to have some special performances. They're having a number of different tour groups, uh, leading walking tours, so food tours history tours, art tours. Uh, so it's a real community event, and that's what I like about and
1: it. And you're one of the tour guides, right? Yes, you I'll, are be leading, leading one.
0: I'll be leading tours of Georgetown Glow, focusing more on Georgetown history. Um, but I'm looking forward to uh, maybe a food tour as part of Georgetown Glow.
1: Yeah, so you mentioned earlier you're the historian, so I trust that you give a fantastic tour of Georgetown uh, during the the event. So another sort of glow light event across town in a neighborhood that's not old, uh, at least in the way Georgetown is, is called Light Yards. And this takes place at the Yards Park, which is um, near Nationals Ballpark. It's, uh, you know, the locals call it the Navy Yard Neighborhood. And this is an event where they uh, will find some sort of object. Uh, The first year it was rabbits, bunnies, and the second year it was orbs. And they will, you know, bring an artist to light them up and make them glow in a really cool, uh, different way.
0: Have they announced what this year's object will be?
1: Uh, They have not. I actually, before this podcast, did reach out to them just to make sure it was still happening, and they confirmed that it is, but I have not seen what this year's object is going to be. So it'll be a surprise by the time you hear this. Uh, when it airs, that uh, we'll know what it is.
0: This is definitely, I think, for people who want to experience DC more like a local, hitting up the light yards event is is much more something that locals do versus kind of your typical tourist activity. We love the Navy Yard uh, neighborhood because that's where the Nats play, but there's been so much growth and development over there. There's great restaurants, great breweries, uh, great outdoor spaces. So if you're hoping to see a part of the D- a part of the city, part of DC that isn't just the National Mall or the most sort of visited spots, this is a great way to enjoy the holiday and see what it's like for locals.
1: Yeah. And... Uh, To that point, this isn't a spot where I would necessarily tell people, come here just for Light Yards. Come to the neighborhood and then make a whole evening of it. So go to see the lights, go to a restaurant in the neighborhood, go ice skating. They have an ice skating rink in the neighborhood.
0: They have one of my favorite ice skating rinks. Uh, I know we'll talk about ice skating a little more. Uh, I love Blue Jacket Brewery. They don't pay me to say that. I just really like Blue Jacket. So if you're interested in craft beer and good food, that's where I would go after Light Yards.
1: And Blue Jacket came up in episode three of the podcast, so it keeps uh, coming up. It's obviously (laughs) a popular spot to be. So what is it about that ice skating rink that you like?
0: I think I like that it's a neighborhood rink. You're going to get uh, people just coming with their kids after school, after work. Uh, it's the sort of place where people are coming from work on dates. Uh, people are getting to know each other. Uh, so to me, it, it's just very much a community uh, rink. And then it's surrounded by so many great restaurants and, and places to go afterwards.
1: And this year, uh, there is a brand new pizza restaurant at the rink. Wise Guy Pizza has oh, just opened. Nice. At the rink. So perfect for kids, perfect for adults. Anybody who loves pizza will enjoy that. There are ice skating rinks all over the city. There are four that um, we wrote down, worth noting. So the Yards is the one we talked about. There's also one in Georgetown, which you can go to before or after Rebecca's tour.
0: So Georgetown, the ice skating rink is the biggest uh, in Washington, D.C. So certainly uh, on those busier weekends, if you're worried about crowds, at least the rink in Georgetown is big enough to accommodate. It's actually bigger than the rink in Rockefeller Center in New York City. So I think people realize that but we have the bigger ice skating
1: that's range. a factoid i did not know uh, another ice skating rink is at the wharf which people might not know about because the wharf itself is less than two years old
0: The Wharf Rink is by, I think, the most hip, and I'm not a hip person at all, but they do a lot of theme nights at the Wharf Rink. So they do college nights, they do discounted nights for families, they do 80s music, 90s music, early aughts music. So if you're looking for something a little more funky, a little fun, uh, it's a great activity for groups. I think it's a great activity if you're thinking like, what am I going to do for my office Christmas party? Um, the Wharf area. And then there's so much great food, great music venues. You can really make a whole day out of being
1: Yeah, I've been recently thinking about whether I need to bump up the wharf on my list of recommended places to stay because for a visitor, I mean, everything is there. You've got hotels, you've got restaurants, you've got
0: great, great local restaurants, great local businesses.
1: So that's definitely one that is worth checking out. And if you're uh, at the wharf at the right time, they do an annual holiday boat parade, which this year is going to be on December 1st. Unfortunately, it is only one day, so you have to be here at the right time, but that's a really cool, different experience as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, So the wharf, of course, is very nautical. It's on the Washington Channel. They have um, a boat dock there. A lot of people um, dock their boats there. And this is also uh, one of the few opportunities to see fireworks in Washington, D.C.
0: We almost never shoot off fireworks. People are always so surprised. But other than Fourth of July, this is really one of the only other times to see fireworks.
1: So I think the only times you can see fireworks in D.C. are Fourth of July, of course. Uh, The Cherry Blossom Festival typically has Uh, a firework display. Maybe after one Nationals game, there might be a firework night. We used (laughs) to have more. Now they seem to have cut them back. It's usually
0: just whatever games around the the 4th of July holiday.
1: It seems like that. And then, of course, uh, the Winter Boat Fest. So if you happen to be around, definitely stick around for the fireworks um, or seek it out because it's one of the few chances to do it. And definitely only in the winter.
0: One tip maybe that I would suggest for people who want to get a lot of holiday activity into one day or one part of their visit would be to take the water taxi uh, from the wharf. The water taxi will take you down to Old Town Alexandria, another area that really decks out for the holidays. The whole main street of King Street is decorated. Uh, you can also then take the water taxi to Georgetown. So if you really want to go all out and you don't want to be spending a ton of money on Ubers and Lyfts or driving and parking or dealing with Metro, uh, I love the water taxi. You can hop on. You can go from spot to spot and really just do like a holiday crawl. We have to talk about the National Gallery of Art Sculpture Garden Ice Skating Rink. I think it's so unique to Washington, D.C. This is, to me, sort of the opposite of the neighborhood rink. This is right in the center of the city. You are skating around, uh, you know, dozens of important major works of art uh, and you're skating and you're like, that's a famous... A famous sculpture. Uh, It's just what you do in D.C. Uh, A ticket is good for two hours, so you get two hours in the middle of the day. It's a great way to break up uh, if you're visiting museums or out doing the memorials, but for me it's a very classic D.C. experience.
1: And not just the art, but the uh, National Archives is across the street, and the famous photos that I always see of the ice skating rink are everybody having fun on their ice skates, and then the National Archives sort of towering over everybody in the background. So it's definitely, you know, when you're out on the National Mall doing the museum, doing the National Archives, something you can do in between. Agreed. (laughs) Okay, so let's uh, talk about places to shop. Uh, So, of course, it's the holiday season. You're coming. Maybe you want to do a little bit of shopping to bring some things back home, maybe some souvenirs. What are some good places for people to, to check out?
0: I think uh, the most well-known and certainly the most extensive holiday market is the downtown holiday market. This is set up right in the heart of sort of the Metro Center Gallery Place Chinatown area right outside of National Portrait Gallery. It's open every day from 12 to 8 p.m. Uh, it's great vendors. Uh, what's great about the market for me is that over the course of those few weeks, a lot of the vendors will rotate. So if you visit one week and then come back a week later, maybe half the vendors have swapped out. So you're getting new stuff, new ideas. These are a lot of local artists, local craftsmen, local artisans. So you're shopping local, you're supporting local business, but you're also getting to do it right in the heart of D.C. So you can go look at the portrait of President Obama and then come out and buy something local or visit the Spy Museum and then come out and have uh, a local treat. So it's just a really fun part of the holidays for me.
1: And this is the last year you'll be able to do that at the Spy Museum because they're (laughs) moving soon to the other side of town. But that's a great recommendation. Near the (laughs)
0: wharf. They'll be near the wharf.
1: Of course, yeah. Uh, Another place to go in D.C. is the Made in D.C. store which is near the DuPont Circle Metro Station. I just saw an article that said they have celebrated their one-year anniversary.
0: It is a great spot to go. What's nice about that is they're pulling from a lot of different people all in one store, so it's a great kind of one-stop shopping. It's literally like a half block from the DuPont Circle Metro, so it's so easy to get to. Um, it's really not even that far of a walk if you're downtown and want to stroll your way through. Uh, but if you want a lot of D.C.-themed items, if you want to have a lot of option in one place, and maybe you want to be inside as opposed to shopping outside like the Holiday Market. Uh, that's a great spot.
1: And that one's open year round. And that's actually where I send people when they ask me, where can I get a local souvenir? Yeah. Right. Because you can go into any gift store and you can get the standard stuff. You know what I'm talking about. If you've ever been inside a gift store, um, any museum, any you know, store on the street has them. But this one really does have unique stuff. And maybe it's not the sort of thing that you consider a standard souvenir, but it's the kind of thing that it's a, a, a talking point. You can say, when I went to Washington DC, I bought this really cool item, whatever it may be. Another one that you had uh, mentioned earlier was the market that's at the Hurick House Museum, also nearby,
0: near DuPont Circle. Absolutely. So uh, unfortunately, it's just one weekend for that market as well. So it's one of those if you're here for the weekend, um, that's a great – I believe it's the first weekend of December this year. This year it's going
1: to be the first weekend in December.
0: Um, but they have a great uh, crystal market. So the Hurick House uh, was the home of Christian Hurick, who had one of the biggest and oldest breweries in Washington, D.C. Uh, it's sometimes called the Brewmaster's Castle. Um, but, of course, he was of German heritage, so it's a German-themed holiday market. Uh, again, bringing in a lot of local artisans, but also sort of calling to that European tradition of coming together in the community, having a hot pretzel and a hot drink, and shopping. Uh, so it's a really fun market, and it's just nestled in a corner of DuPont Circle you might not normally go by.
1: Yeah, and that's the kind of thing where I wish it would run multiple weekends.
0: Agreed. Me too.
1: Especially because if you're visiting, you know, unless you just happen to have picked that weekend, uh, I doubt anyone really seeks it out, you know, for that specific event. But if you do uh, manage to come when it's happening, it's something that you should check out because it's really cool and it's really unique. So a few things on the list that we haven't gotten to are these, you know, um seasonal Christmas bars and restaurants and I don't typically go to them but uh, maybe you know a thing or two about what they are and Uh, for someone who might be interested in checking them out?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I think uh, the D.C. restaurant bar scene is really underappreciated. We don't always get as much love, maybe, uh, when people are thinking about big food destinations. But D.C. has incredible restaurants. We have Michelin-starred restaurants. Uh, We have a vast array of cheap eats and places to go on a budget that are good but won't hurt your wallet. And a lot of the restaurants and bars in the city are kind of timing themselves to do big events around Christmas. So the most famous, I think, or the most Instagrammed, as it were, is the Miracle on 7th Street, the Christmas pop-up bar. Uh, It's become a huge success. They haven't officially announced... Uh, when they're going to open for the season, but it sounds like it is still happening. Uh, this is actually three bars in a row, and it's completely immersive environments. Past years, they've done things like bringing the movie The Christmas Story to life. They've had elf-themed uh, experiences. They've had places where you get to be Santa and be in his workshop. Uh, all the drinks, all the food are themed. Uh, this can result in long lines. Uh, my best tip if you're trying to visit one of these places – and you're worried about the line, is come early. They open at 5 p.m. If you're in line right before 5 p.m., you're getting in and you're not waiting. If you stroll in at 8 or 9 o'clock on a typical night, you're going to wait, and then it's going to be packed. One of my favorite bars, though, that's a little less uh, well-known for its Christmas thing uh, is Archipelago, which is in U Street. Uh, it's a tiki bar. It's the only really true, real tiki bar in D.C., and they're doing a pop-up Christmas experience it'll be a uh, kind of a beach bum christmas uh, you'll have drinks served in surfing Santa mugs, Um but it'll keep all that great tiki flavor, but sort of give it the Christmas spin, which I think it's fun.
1: And what about lines at that one? Lines at that one too? Not
0: as much. Uh, I think it's a little, a little bit more um under, uh, maybe underground's not the right word. It's not quite as well known as the Miracle on 7th Street pop-up. So I'm hoping there won't be long lines, but uh if you do get in, look for me at the bar. That's so, where I'll be.
1: So I have never stood in line for any for bar. anything. Uh, no, I've stood in line for plenty of roller coasters in my day. But can you explain why people are standing in line? Because uh, I'll be honest, I just don't get it.
0: I think uh, what I think the appeal is that these are not just. It's not just a bar. It's not just a restaurant. When you're walking in, these are full-on environments. This is what we would think of almost like a theme park, right? It's completely immersive. So when you go in and you get your drink or your snack, you're not just paying for that. You're paying for the whole experience. And I think especially for those of us who travel and like to showcase what we're doing or like to share what we're doing. Uh, it can be really fun to sort of immerse yourself. And it's the kind of thing that I think reminds locals to get out and, and enjoy their city and enjoy their town.
1: Okay, that makes sense. Maybe I should give it a try this year and uh, go early like you suggested so that I don't have to wait in the, the big line later in the evening.
0: Uh, I think one restaurant, if you're also looking for maybe somewhere special to eat for the holiday season, uh, you want to take somebody special out, uh, you're getting the family together, you want a nice holiday meal, I love Philomena in Georgetown. Filomena is family owned. It's sort of classic Italian food and they deck out like crazy for Christmas. I have never seen a restaurant in my life put up so many Christmas decorations, it's like Christmas exploded. Um, It's phenomenal if you want the full holiday experience, definitely do it. Uh, That said, Philomena's really popular reservations are pretty much a must uh, for any time during the holiday season.
1: I wouldn't say pretty much. I would say is a must, uh, Mm -hmm. definitely. And have you ever gone to the Old Ebbett Grill around Christmas? They do some pretty fantastic decorations too.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Most people probably realize they've seen the Old Ebbet Grill during Christmas because they usually set up two large nutcrackers right out outside the front, but they very much uh, kind of go in on the holiday decor. Uh, so if you're looking for that experience, that's a really good place to go.
1: So let's um, go on from Christmas. We've talked a lot about Christmas and talk about, talk about New Year's because I'm often surprised how many people come to D.C. for New Year's. And I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news and tell them that there's not a lot happening around here. Uh, I just had to respond to an email from someone who asked me the best place to sit to watch the fireworks. And unfortunately, we don't have fireworks. We don't have a dropping ball. We don't really have uh, the things that you associate with New Year's or New Year's Eve in a lot of other cities.
0: I would definitely caution travelers and visitors. If you're going to come for the holiday, the holiday season, there's absolutely a lot to do. But if your sole reason to come is New Year's Eve, you need to adjust your expectations. We're a great alternative to cities like New York. We're not having a big major event downtown. There aren't going to be those crowds. Um, But it is also maybe a little bit on the, the boring side for some, if you're expecting big fireworks or a big drop or a big party in the center of city, that doesn't really happen here.
1: So speaking of big drops, I found an article from a long time ago that talked about the stamp drop. At one point in history, a few decades ago, Washington, D.C. dropped a big postage stamp. And I tried to research it some more, and I just could not find any info on what happened to it. So perhaps as a historian, you know what happened to it, or is it one of those mysteries that we'll never know?
0: It's one of those things. It was before my time living in the city, of course. But people talk about they used to do the stamp drop. They used to do the stamp drop. And I don't know. Hopefully, maybe if a local listens in, they can send a message or comment uh, and let us know, really, somebody has the inside scoop. But it seems like whoever was really pushing for that event, it just – stopped happening. Maybe it stopped having its champion. Um but that predates my time unfortunately. And yeah, the trail kind of goes cold on the stamp drop.
1: But the stamp itself, I mean we have the, the post office headquarters is in Washington, DC. We have the National Postal Museum, one of the most underrated Smithsonian museums, by the way. Absolutely. So was it because of those connections that we had a postage stamp? I mean, you know, we're not in Georgia where they're dropping a peach or something like that. So
0: Yeah, I think it's because of uh, we were sort of the center of postal uh the postal world
1: Yeah, so that makes sense. Um, So when you come and you want to go out on New Year's Eve, uh, typically your choices are you could go to someone's home and go to like a house party. You can go to a fancy hotel party where you dress up in your fanciest clothes and pay Uh, a lot of money for a ticket or somewhere in between are just like the regular old bars, which I often have to caution. They're different on New Year's Eve than they are uh, the rest of the year. So my favorite place, 364 days a year, might not be the best place to go on New Year's Eve.
0: Absolutely. I would encourage visitors to look closely. Most restaurants and bars will do set menus, cover charges. Um, These are places that any other night of the year would never uh, have minimums. But because of just the weird realities of a night like New Year's Eve, you really want to do your research and make sure that you aren't handing over money that you weren't prepared to spend. Uh, it is important to note, though, that places like the Smithsonian still open on New Year's Eve Day and New Year's Day. Many of the, the tourist sites are still open. So you're going to still be able to do a lot of the great uh, sightseeing, a lot of the great city experience. But if you're looking for something very New Year's Eve-y, uh, you might be a little disappointed. Right.
1: So it's just the nightlife stuff that we're talking about. Now, there is one alternative. Uh, actually, there's a couple- alternatives one is sort of a family friendly new year's eve and it's called noon yards eve and it's in the yards the place where we talked about earlier and they actually celebrate at noon instead of at midnight and it's really for kids it's really for kids who are just too young for new year's eve or can't stay up till midnight and that's a really fun one to do and the other one is in old town alexandria and it is called first night alexandria
0: Yes. Old Town Alexandria, like a number of cities and towns across the country, has uh, sort of implemented this first night, which is still family-friendly in that uh, a lot of the events are not centered around just sort of uh, getting too crazy and getting too wild, but encouraging businesses to keep their doors open, encouraging restaurants to keep their doors open uh, and not put big cover charges and things. So it's a really a community get-together, and it's really fun. I've done the first night in Old Town Alexandria, and they still have all their holiday lights up and everybody's out and having fun and having a good time. So, uh, it's a good alternative, um, to, I think like the get really fancy and go to an overpriced party, uh, Experience, yeah,
1: and it is worth noting that there are some ticketed portions of the event, so there's some that you can do without one, but you can get a ticket. It's not overly expensive, like the fancy parties or anything like that, but if you do want to do some of the main um, attractions, you do need a ticket for that, and this is an opportunity to see fireworks. Yes. So they do typically have fireworks at the first night, Alexandria. Uh, you cannot see them from the city, so if you want to see fireworks, you want to make sure that you're uh, out in Alexandria. Um, one thing to caution is transportation on New Year's Eve is typically not fun. Um, you know, we live in the era of Uber, and uh, this is different from, you know, 10 years ago when everybody was trying to cram onto the metro, you know, at 1210 after the um, they'd rung in the New Year's. But this it's generally you want to try to think ahead about your transportation situation. I recommend not trying to go out as close to wherever you're staying as possible.
0: Absolutely. Um and certainly metro runs and accommodates the New Year's Eve, but those uh time, train times and crowds can make it difficult and there's a lot of surge charge. On any of the car services, so ideally, if you can be walking distance or close distance, you're going to be a lot happier.
1: Yeah. So obviously, if you're going to be out uh, drinking, enjoying the night, don't drive. Use Uber, however much it costs, or Metro. Uh, just be aware of some of the things that are going to be happening. And it's going to be a little bit crazier than you know, twelve fifteen a.m. on your typical uh, evening. So I really want to thank you for doing the holiday episode with me, Rebecca. Uh, I think that this turned out really well And anyone who's listening. Hopefully they're coming this December and we'll get some great ideas for things to do.
0: Thank you so much. It's been so fun uh, to talk about Christmas in D.C., which I love.
1: And what about the tours that you're running? Can you tell people about what you're up to?
0: Absolutely. So I lead tours with a company called DC by foot. Uh, We're actually part of the free tours by foot family. So you can find us in cities all across the U S you can certainly find us on Twitter and Instagram at free tours by foot. Uh, We post up some, we've just put up some blog posts on our website about some of these things we've talked about on the podcast. So you can look at the Christmas markets and the ice skating. We also have a travel wing called uh, top things to do DC. Uh, You can find us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter at top things to do DC. And we'll be tweeting out a lot of our holiday tips over the next few months, but we offer walking tours all around the city. We'll be doing a special Georgetown Glow Tour throughout December, uh, which you can sign up on on our website, dcbyfoot.com. We'll also be running a special holiday dessert tour in Eastern Market, which is one of my favorite local neighborhoods. Uh, It has great holiday shopping, great holiday food, so we'll be doing some great desserts uh, and a special dessert tour.
1: That's really cool. So those are all tours that I do not lead myself. I'm very busy with my national mall tour, uh, typically. So I think if people are interested in those, they should seek you out and uh, have them show you around while they're here.
0: Oh, thank you so much. And thanks again. Of course.
1: Thanks for listening to the Trip Hacks DC podcast. To see the show notes from today's episode, get additional resources for planning your trip, or to book a Trip Hacks DC guided tour, visit triphacksdc.com.